Hi, this is Liz Ryan, and this is the Work-Related Podcast, Episode 19. This podcast is all about work and the nature of work, the institution of work or employment, entrepreneurism, how to get a job, how to have a job, do the job, run your career, be a CEO of your own life, become an entrepreneur if you want to, all that stuff, and also how the minute or how the granular pieces of advice and uh, commentary that I share about the workplace sort of feed up to this bigger vision of work as a human place. And that's really what I'm what I'm trying to bring about with our company, Human Workplace, and our mission to reinvent work for people is work that is human-powered, really. Human energy, ingenuity, creativity, camaraderie, all that's good stuff. But that requires us to be able to bring our ourselves to work more than a lot of folks can do because of the institution work and how it's kind of constructed. So we're talking today about cues or clues to a company's vibe, to their culture. And when I say company, I mean any organization, a not-for-profit agency, government agency, whatever. doesn't have to be a company in the sense of a for-profit business, but any place you might go to work, you want to gauge their culture before you take a job there, right? If you have any other options at all, you want to be a little bit choosy. And, um, you know, your feelings about how choosy you're allowed to be about where to go to work is very dependent on your emotional state at any moment. And if you got laid off, you know, no one could expect you to have a rosy, chipper emotional state. And you might feel like, I can't make choices, Liz. I don't want to even presume to gauge the company culture. They want to hire me, then I want the job. And I'll, I'll tell you what, that's a very common mindset for people in job search mode. However, it's very damaging to you because it will that mindset will get you to take a job you shouldn't have taken and you will regret taking the job and say, oh, I should have held out for something better. So that's why I caution you always against having the outlook, I can't, the expression is beggars can't be choosers, but you have to be a chooser because it is what would be worse for you. The outcome would be, well, at least I have an income. I have this job, but it could be much worse for you, unfortunately, because of the after effects of going to a, a, a really toxic place. And so if we have to work consciously, intentionally on our, on our mindset, and I mean, down to the level of our breath and just calming ourselves and saying, I have confidence. This is going to be okay. I will get through this. I need a job. I don't need this job. I need a job. I don't need this job. I can use my five or six senses and I can check this place out, check these people out, start a conversation. If you were meeting someone you didn't know, introduce over email by a friend, mutual friend, and you were meeting a stranger, but they're not a stranger because they know your friend, and your friend speaks highly of them, but you're meeting them at a coffee shop, pre-COVID, let's say. How do you both start talking to each other? Hi, are you Natalie? I'm Charles. Oh, great to meet you. So yeah, how do you know Marjorie? Right? Obvious first question. 
an interview can be very much like a networking meeting. In the best case, it is. And you'll know right away walking into an interview on Zoom or in person how much it's going to be a conversation and how much it's going to be an oral exam. Those are kind of like the two types of interview. Oral exam, like your kid in school, and a conversation on the other end of the spectrum, right? A regular conversation, like you'd have with a person you're meeting for coffee. No pressure on either of you to achieve any particular goal. But I think in the case of a job interview, there's a goal, it's a very simple one. You wanna check out the organization, the role, and the people, all the, all the details, of course, what does the job pay and what would I be doing all day long and is there travel and tell me about your benefits and whatever. How do you communicate? What are your expectations around reaching me after hours, whatever, whatever you wanna cover. You have to, in other words, you have to gain information about, about them. And likewise, they have to gain information about you. That's, you know, that's the purpose of the interview. But it can still be, and, and, and ideally is, a, a very warm and creative conversation where you leave there feeling like that was a good conversation. And you're not focused on, oh, I hope they liked me. Because that's, that's the mindset we are trying to breathe our way out of and, and, and soften our way out of is that old mindset taught to us like a like like even sometimes when we were tiny children you have to please them and this is a a performance or an audition and you know be good enough and straighten your tie and straighten your backbone and you know brush your hair and this is the image that we have i mean this is if you know many many people tell me all the time i learned about interview behavior like when i was tiny and the last thing on my mind was jobs or things that grown-ups do in general. But I knew like it's, you know, spit polish, it's inspection, it's uh, all of those, um, all of those rituals that we know where someone is checking you out and you don't want to be found wanting or lacking. And so it's hard to, to rise out of that. Um, and it really is a matter, it's, it's a practice, a daily practice like yoga and just breathing and remembering not everyone is going to get me or appreciate me, no matter who I am, what my background might be, what my credentials, educational and professional credentials are. It doesn't matter. That is not the key, 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 key. I can't please my way to my flame, to my power. I can't please my way to my own power. I got to go somewhere else besides the road called pleasing well-trodden, right? I can't please my way to my own power, so I have to go to a different part of myself. I have to relax into my legs and my feet and my hips and say, I stand here strong and sturdy, and I am open to everyone, and I'm open to meeting people and having conversations, and, and I come with, with, with an open heart and, and, and complete trust that between me and, and, and the universe, we're gonna figure all this stuff out and I don't have anyone to please. Not these people in this job interview or any other person in this world except the people who, 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 who in, in, in my 
that, that I'm responsible for. They rely on me. I rely on them. And I have to, you know, really, that's extremely important to me. They're primary to me. And I, and I'm going to take care of them always. And beyond that, I, I'm here to do what I was put on earth to do. Whatever that is for me. Right? Leave the world a better place than I found it. Love people. Maybe maybe manifest my my vision for the world in some way. Maybe bring something good about. Bring out my art. Whatever, whatever form it takes. Um, but I'm fine. I'm enough. I'm fine. I'm so many great things. Way, way, way more than fine. And I don't always feel that. And I have to know that I'm going to drop out of that at times. And maybe often, even if I'm job hunting and say, I'm not enough. They're not going to like this or that about me. And I'm just going to go back to breathing really slowly and intentionally and just letting all those thoughts come through and say, it's fine. Those thoughts are going to come and I'm going to let them slide right through. I know I'm, I'm good. So 10 clues to an organization's culture or vibe. The first one is a job ad. If you see a job ad, the job ad is a gold mine of cultural intelligence, right? How's the job ad written? First thing, how does it read? Is it terse? Is it kind of barky? We have an immediate opening for, okay, I'm not gonna hate on, but you can't say that anymore. We have an immediate need. Not unless you can walk into the job, into an interview on Tuesday and start on Friday. Come on, immediate need. Job interview processes in, in so-called knowledge worker jobs are getting longer and longer. I mean, I think the average is eight weeks or something, 10 weeks. It's a long time. So you don't be talking about an immediate need. It's not immediate in my life. And you, then you're going to have delays and whatever. And come on, don't, don't that. Anyway, that's not the point. Why do you have an immediate need? Where's the redundancy? Don't you do cross training invented in the 1600s? I mean, come on. What, what are we talking about? What immediate? It's not 1940s. I need two pressmen to show up this afternoon, you know, 1905, fling open the doors of the, of the fish, you know, processing place on the docks and another eight guys that were standing out there in the morning and didn't get picked first thing they're ready to to come on in you know mid-morning or mid-afternoon still a few guys hanging around that's how people they used to do employment and still do in some places by the day by the walk in okay is this your cousin good bring your cousin you know you're a good worker cousin's probably a good worker that's it but come on don't tell them don't say immediate need Look at the language in the job ad. Uh, we we require a results-oriented, you know, junior accountant must know whatever software and, you know, have weekend availability. It's, it's you know, they're just tiny little red flags, mildly red flags. You decide how red a flag is in terms of the red flags or the warning signs. Terse job ad, it's not amazing. Jargon, that you don't know what it means. If the job is totally focused on what you have to have, you must have this, 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 the other thing, and you know this, this, these five kinds of software. It's like cool, but like, why would I want the job? Are you going to tell me why I'd want the job? Because a job ad is an ad. It's an ad. It's an advertisement. 
It's an advert. It's supposed to be bringing people in. So if there's no real advertising, if they're not talking about why you would want the job, then they're missing an opportunity, but they're also sending a message that, well, we just assume you need a job and, you know, we don't have time to, like, tell you why you should want to work here. Just, you know, be grateful we have a job opening at all. And I'm not saying that's an overt or expressed viewpoint on the part of the managers of the company, but it is, it is your job ad, is your opportunity to do a little selling. It wouldn't kill you, you know. If they don't take the opportunity, then you really have to say why, why are they worth, if there's any other jobs to apply to, with a little more information, then th that might be your first choice. In other words, all job ads are not created equal. So that's the first thing, job ad. Second thing is the recruiting process itself from the minute you enter the pipeline, that first email or that first response or whatever. If it's an autoresponder from a company website that says, thank you for completing an app, your application and we'll be in touch, um, you know, I'm just saying, that's fine. That's the standard. That's the standard, standard, standard. I'm just saying these applicant tracking systems, they call ATS, it's so easily customizable. You could add a little punch you know you could add a little a little sweetness to that and just make it a little more human but whatever i always ask ats vendors when i meet vendors of these you know applicant tracking software company recruiting portals um i always ask them uh, i'm sure you have all kinds of um support and assistance for customization of your of your ats software don't you and they say oh yeah for sure but Customers don't want it. They don't do it. They don't customize. It's too time consuming. They don't think it's worthwhile. Now look, this is the face of the company to the talent community. Look at what we do to websites where we're communicating with customers or prospective customers. Bend over backwards to make it easy, to make it fun. Gamification, you know, all this stuff. Think about that. There's, a, there's an underlying mental model that says shareholders are absolutely at the top of the hierarchy, followed by the company uh, uh, executives. Customers come next, followed by the employees generally. Well, the banks are way up there. I forgot them, but banks go with uh, shareholders. It, it, financial community, tippy top of the heap, then the company execs. And then the customers just below them. They're very, very important, but let's hierarchically, come on. The execs are above. And then um, the rest of the employees. And then job candidates. So that's the, that's the framework we're operating within. Now, you get to reject that. You get to reject that hierarchy and say, well, that's cool. Like that's some things that were taught to gazillions of people. Maybe even they're not even aware they hold those beliefs, but I don't care. I'm here. I do what I do. I know I'm good at it. I don't need them all, all these people to like me. I need one of them to like me or need my services. That's it. One that I feel comfortable with literally one. So I'm not going to go out to my job search with the idea. I don't think there's one right? I think there's one. I think there's four if I wanted to spend a long enough time. I think there's six, but I don't need 200 of these guys to, to be on my side or be on my corner or find me acceptable to them. I never 
grew up with the idea that I'd be acceptable to everyone. Or maybe I did, but now I'm shedding that idea. And I know I will never be acceptable to everyone. It's fine. I'll need every, I mean, I, I wish everyone well, but they don't have to be my fans. How, who would have every single person on earth as their fan? You know, I, I, who could pull that off? Even the rock probably doesn't have every single person on earth as his fan. And it's a misuse of your beautiful talents to even aspire to that. So your mindset is everything. Managing your natural job search jitters or fear or anxiety is a big part of job hunting. And it's, and it's really good in general, not just during a job search. Any little bit, think of it as like comatrons, subatomic particles of calm, comatrons, comatrons. Think of that. I'm going to create those. I'm going to create them teeny little particles. I'm not going to necessarily solve my job search anxiety. Who You don't solve it. You, you step through it and you practice. It's with me. I don't love it, but I'm also fine. If you haven't read or heard about tapping, look up tapping. And it, you tap at points in your body, your little karate chop bottom part of your hand, top of your head, and you and you say a few words. I don't have time to go into it now, but maybe in another podcast. And it's a calming process. It just takes a few minutes, and it's, ah, I feel a little bit better. There's a thing that was really bothering me now. It's not bothering me as much, and I'm going to do a little more breathing and just a little more focus on this is just something that cropped up emotionally, a thought came through my head, and, and now I'm, I'm good again. And I'm going to go on. Because you want to take in these clues. You do not want to miss them in a mad dash to get the job offer. It's normal, it's normal, it's normal. I've seen the most incredible, brilliant, competent, accomplished people go on job interviews and talk through the interview with me. And I said, yeah, oh, how do you want me to, do you want me to, how do you want me to be with you right now? Do you want to, to brainstorm about the opportunity, the pros and cons, you know, what is your thought process? And they say, I just want to strategize about the second interview in case I get a second interview. So, okay. If you, if you, if you want to uh, debrief in 48 to 72 hours, that's usually how long it takes for a lot of these signals to come from your trusty gut, which is collecting everything, but takes its time getting the info to your brain, uh, then, then, you know, we'll talk about that. Because there's flags. I don't care if they're red flags or go-ahead flags or some in-between flags, but there's so much information that you gain in the interview. You really want to, you really want to get it out, put it in your journal, talk to a friend about it, uh, work with the coach, talk to them. It's, it's, you know, it's huge. There's so much information there, but naturally in the interview, it feels like a performance or an audition. You may be in performance mode where that stuff kind of goes on the back burner. You don't even let yourself, and it could be a few days later, you say, oh, you know, it's a really weird thing the manager said. It just hits me now. It was so weird. Why would they say that? That's a red flag. I got to, I got to be honest. I had my heart set on, oh, this job search might be over. That'd be so awesome. Just to take a job. But now my body is saying, wait a minute, you've done that before and it didn't go that well. All right, so you're looking at the job ad. You're looking at the process. That's a huge piece of, of what this culture is going to be like. 
What is that recruiting pipeline like? What's the speed of it? How is the process constructed? Do they tell you what it's going to be, or do you just wait for further instructions? Are the, do they respond if you email them? What's their tone? What's their tone in their communications, written and, and verbal? And overall, what is their concern for your needs as a candidate versus their needs trying to fill this job opening? That's the bottom line. Another clue is, are the people that you're talking with in the recruiting pipeline knowledgeable about the job? and how it fits into the company, maybe about the pay or the benefits or even the recruiting process. Do they know their jobs? Of course, you know, everyone doesn't have, no one has the answer to every single question and we're always learning and companies are always changing how they do things. So we all, you know, are gonna have some give here. But in general, are the people ready to be doing the jobs they're doing? Or are they a little unbaked to the point where it is concerning? Because, you know, are you going to get enough training if you go to this company? Or are you going to be thrown into the deep end of the pool? I'm just laughing because I worked with an amazing woman who told me after six months, she said, well, I, you know, I'm doing, I'm doing fine, but this, it's really something the way you start a job here, you just get dropped into the deep end of the pool. And I was like, oh no, I'm sorry. I didn't know you were feeling like that. You're doing everything so well. You know, I had no idea. She said, no, it's all good. It's all good. But it's a lot, you know, it's a lot, but she's brilliant. Are they knowledgeable? Okay. And how is the power dynamic? How is the power dynamic? So this is, I mentioned before, are they, do they have a concern for your needs or is it all just like chop, chop, like let's get to the next stage in the process. And how are they interacting with you in terms of we're, we, our whole thing is, are you good enough? versus like, no, we have to see whether you're well suited to this job from our perspective. And we also want to make sure you feel like well served by us and, and able to get what you need. That's really important too. That's what I mean when I say power dynamic. Is it kneel down, grovel and do exactly what we tell you to do? Or is it like, yeah, so you don't have any questions since the last time we spoke? Okay. What's the interaction like between coworkers if you meet? People from this organization who know one another or interact, or there's two of them on an interview with you, let's say a Zoom interview, you're looking at how do they interact? Are they laughing? Are they, are they, is it easy? It's a time when you want to really try to get out of your head, critiquing your own performance, what feels like a performance, and 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 ask yourself, even out loud in your head if you want to. How are they doing with each other? Not out loud with your mouth, but out loud in your head. How are these two? What are they doing? How do they? How are they looking at each other? How are they talking to one another? Because that's a big clue to to the culture. Are they are they cool? Are they chill with each other? How's the energy in the place? How's the you know the culture? I was um, I used to live in Colorado until like a year and a half ago, and um, one time I was on a walk and. I saw a little small animal, a woodland creature out of its element a little bit. We had had a huge windstorm and trees were uprooted everywhere. And this little thing was in kind of like a suburban uh, neighborhood on a block with a church and a bank. And I was like, oh, that doesn't belong here. And I couldn't immediately place what it was, especially because it was little. It was a juvenile and it was the cutest thing. And I said to myself in my mind, okay, 
kind of weaselly, but little stub, kind of kind of round. It's young, uh, a little bit tan, light tan, whitish, uh, yellowish, almost uh, uh, belly, and a little snout like an otter, and then a bushy tail, and um, total Disney baby animal, adorable, and it scampered off down the sidewalk and. Because I said it out loud, I had it clear in my mind and I out loud in my brain. And um, it was a, it was a Martin, M-A-R-T-E-N. But uh, you can talk to yourself in the interview and it can help to calm you. And you say, this is fine. This is cool. This is good. You can breathe a little bit. You can just try to be conscious of your breathing, in breath, out breath. And ask yourself questions as you as you can, you know, in the interview. Is this person listening when I talk? I don't want to be so focused on saying what I came to say that I'm not paying attention to whether they're listening to me. I want to stay in sync with them and I want to observe them. And that will actually help me feel calmer about my part of it where I'm feeling like I have to say smart things or give the right answer to a, an interview question and so on. So you're going to be looking at the interaction between people who interview with you and then a huge, 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 uh, intensely significant set of cues, of course, and clues to a company culture is what's the manager like? Your own manager. I mean, that's everything, right? That's That blocks out the sun. What is your own manager like? Your own person that you'll be working for. Because, you know, uh, I saw something that, last week that said that studies show that how your manager is at work is as important as how your spouse or partner is to you. Like that relationship is that important. You can imagine if it's a hundred percent of your income, how could it not be? And not just your income, but to some degree, it feels like your professional life. Like they kind of rule your professional life for the period of time during which you're working for them. So Obviously, you're going to be taking in as many clues as you can about that person and how they... I don't like the question, what's your management style? What does it mean? It's not like there are recognized choices like like ranch dressing versus barbecue sauce and honey mustard. It's not like there are... Rec- what's your management style? They don't know, right? I would say I would say instead of what's your management style, it's a little, it's a little, little uh, nebulous. Um, I would say, so tell me how how you'd see us interacting. Would we meet every day? Would we meet once a month? Would we not meet and do Zoom? Like how how would you see interacting with me? Let's say during the first three months in this job. And, um, you know, I'd love to just hear a story that you, that you, a story that for you kind of exemplifies or illustrates, you know, how you work with your team. Because a story is, you can get it. You can get the context, what was going on, what happened, why did they pick this story? It's, you know, rather than adjectives, oh, I think my management style is collaborative, hands-on, but also hands-off. It doesn't, eh, doesn't attach to anything, right? Stories. I want you to tell stories on the interview, too, of course. I've made a, a gazillion podcasts about that. Okay, so your manager's hugely important. After the interview, get off the Zoom call or go home and capture every single thing you can. Debrief with a friend if you can. And then... If you're sending thank you, send a thank you, and then put it out of your mind for a while. Put it out of your mind. Track it if you're tracking interviews. Put it out of your mind. And, and in 48 to 72 hours, more information will most likely come down. Even you could dream about it or get a sudden jolt while you're getting in the car or getting in the shower or, you know, 
breaking eggs for an omelet or whatever. Like, oh, there was that thing. And it'll be something else, some piece of information that hadn't completely come to the surface that you took in while you were on the interview. So there's an unbelievable richness of information there in the hiring process about, of course, the way they extend an offer if they do, right? The way they handle references if they do, the way they handle employment verification if they do that. It's all, you're just going to be overwhelmed with information. And, and my big, big message here is to remember, if it's not these folks, it's somebody else, it's the next one, it's cereal, right? It's like cereal. It's like you take a job and the other jobs out there are not available to you because you took a job, at least not right away. And so it's that thing about, let me just be measured. Let me just stay with my breathing. If you have no money whatsoever, okay, you got to take a job for sure. And then maybe keep looking. But if you have any wiggle room at all, you do yourself a huge service, huge, huge, huge favor when you say, let me think about this. Let me take the weekend and really think about it. Think about what's right for me in the long term and look at all these all these clues. One more, one more cue or clue to a company culture is go on LinkedIn and look at a few of their employees, certainly your direct manager, other people you've interacted with in the recruiting process, and look at their posts and comments. That's how their brain works, and it's very important to you to know how they think and what they write. You know what I mean? That's their creative output. That's their intellectual engagement. You know what I mean? Look at their profiles, look at the company page, all that, but especially the human stuff. What are people saying? What are they posting? There's so much to talk about in this topic, right? But I want you to get a job that deserves your talents. That's very important to me.